This is Jade. This is Carly. And this is Mommy's Tell All. Hey, Tanner. Hi, wife. (laughs) Hey, everybody. So we just had Tanner on the podcast a couple weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, Tanner. Yeah, this is a lot all in a short while. I know. You're now just an official Mommy's Tell All co-host, right? How exciting. (laughs) But yeah, you guys, we have Tanner back with us today. It's just me and Tanner. But we're here to talk a little bit about something that maybe doesn't get talked about enough. And we always talk about mom shaming and how huge that is. But I do think that there is such a thing as dad shaming. And it may not be as common, but I do think that men experience it in one shape or another, even if that's just from their spouse, which I will admit I can be guilty of shaming you because when we have expectations of our husbands, sometimes we shoot them down when they don't meet them. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I probably get most heat from you, not like the outside public, where I feel like moms get more flack from like other social media yeah from other women like more more people on social media than dads do like if i post a photo of emmy and whatever the case i don't get much heat from it people rarely comment like and give me parenting tips where i feel like if jade posts anything people are flooding her inbox with you know do's and don'ts and all these sorts of things so i i think it's more lean toward women and in, in that yeah. regard but there are definitely some instances where i I feel like it's tilted the other way for dads. Um, John Legend talked about that, how him and his wife, Chrissy Teigen, they went out to dinner and I can't remember what happened. And maybe it was just that they were out to dinner and she had just had her kid or something and she was getting shamed for it. And he was like tweeting. He's like, you know, I literally was at dinner with her. You know, why is she just getting shamed when I'm the other parent and I'm literally there too and nobody's talking to me right moms get shamed more publicly or if they are to get if mom and dad are together yeah then you know for whatever reason mom takes the brunt of that but I do want to talk about because you were a little bit publicly shamed in a horrible horribly written journalism article if you call it journalism about not bonding with Brooks. Yeah, I'm a little hesitant to do podcasts ever again because all these press outlets just spin your words around like crazy and make an article of it. Make an article of it and headlines about it. But I guess that's the world we live in. That's a whole nother topic. Step your game up, right. magazines. Right. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I tried to just be as honest as I could on on Nick's podcast um, about numerous topics, and I tried to be real and. You know, I caught some heat from that. Um, so, which, yeah. which is unfortunate because I know that like we're reality TV stars or whatever, but people on social media, they talk about how inauthentic it is. And then when somebody actually is real, which is like what I feel like, I guess people kind of expect out of people on social media is they kind of demand it. Like if you're not being real, they call you out. So then you shared something that was actually yeah, very, real, real for me. Very honest. It was your, I mean, to say something like that is very like raw to say like, it takes me a while to bond with my kid. And for you to openly admit that is very... Yeah, I was hesitant to even say that because I, I knew I was opening up a can of worms publicly, but it is the truth and I should be able to talk about my truth. I, I've, I've always been someone that likes to give the brutal, honest truth rather than some just BS PC answer um, that 
you know, seems like I've been training to been trained to, to talk that way to reporters or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is real. And I think it's okay to talk about if we aren't, if we aren't talking about it, then how are we ever going to work through things? Cause I, I highly doubt it's just me. In fact, I've gotten tons of messages from, from men and women saying that, you know, their husbands or themselves have felt the same way and thank you. But, um, but I also got a lot of heat and shame from it as well. So it, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those deals that do you talk about it? Do you not talk about it? No, you absolutely talk about it. That's kind of like why we do this podcast is Carly and I share a lot of our personal experiences and it's because we want people to feel like they can talk about real things and things that they may feel guilty about or they feel like they will be shamed about in society because it's all what we're experiencing, especially parenthood. And so for you to say that, like you said, there's so many men out there that absolutely go through the exact same thing as you. It's not uncommon. Right. And then there's so many women out there being like, oh, thank God it's not just my husband because sure. I've been worried or or whatever, or feeling like I should put pressure on him when it's a very natural thing that sometimes men and even women don't bond with their babies right away. Right. And I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast are, are women. I mean, it is mommy's tell all, yes. but <laughs> I'm sure a good percentage of those women have, you know, husbands or male partners or whatever the case or even is or, or any partner. Yeah. Um, that may be feeling differently about their child or bonding at a different pace. And there's probably frustration there because I'm sure Jade, I mean, you voiced it to me that you've been a little frustrated this go around. Um, and I think it's just healthy to talk about. So, so. can you tell me, I guess I, I want to kind of pick your brain sure. what it's like for you, like why you aren't exactly bonding with Brooks right away. I'm not sure it's hard for me because with Emmy, I worked yeah. full time. I know we've talked about that in the last podcast, but it, it was a different experience because I was at work, you know, 55, 60 hours a week. And then I would come home and get like an hour of just fun. Oh my God, I missed my baby time. And it was just exciting to see them. And then I let you sleep through the night. Right. And you let me sleep through the night. And it was just more of like a, like a fun dad experience for newborns. Um, and now this time I get to see all the tough parts. I'm in the trenches there with you and it's hard. Like, I don't feel like I'm wired to deal with newborns and I, right. maybe that's a cop out. Maybe it's the truth. I don't know. But the little hard things that you do so well with make my skin crawl and it's just really hard. And it's not that I don't like Brooks or I'm not bonding with him. I, or you don't love him. Or I don't love him because I do for sure. I mean, right. I, there's so many moments throughout the day where it's a, you know, I'm just amazed by him, but the tough times are just really tough on me. Like they just are. Like, what is that? Like, like you said, it makes your skin crawl, but is it just anxiety? Me? Yeah. I think it's cause I don't feel equipped on how to help him or like when he isn't crying or fussy or whatever, like I don't know what to do and I feel ill equipped. And then I just want to like hand him back to you because you do better. And then I just feel, then I feel like a bad dad because I like, I'm, just handing them to you and but I know that's like the better thing to do in that situation too so I don't know it's it's this tough line of really like having a hard time with all the fussiness and the crying but then it's also like internally feeling like a bad dad too because like I don't want to sit there and try to hold him for three hours while he's crying because if I give him to mom he's probably gonna stop crying a lot quicker than if I try sometimes usually but I mean we, we, we've been talking about it, but 
Brooks is really fussy and gassy and we're working through that. And so that's one of the struggles too. He's not an easy baby, but neither was Emerson, but you, like you said, you were just at work. So you never dealt with her colic really. And then I would just let you sleep through the night. So I would, if she would wake up, I would go down in the basement. And so it was stuff you didn't really experience. So Tanner, which season is your favorite season? Fall easily, mainly because of football, but other things too. Is it also because of PSLs and scarves and leaves changing and all the girl things that we love? doesn't love all those items? Well, you know what I do love is the FabFitFun Fall Box, which I know has a really cute blanket scarf in it. Oh my God, can I wear yours? Yes, you can wear it. So you guys know that FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and wellness products sent straight to your doorstep each season. I've seen the fall box. It has so many amazing things in it. It's to die for. It's literally fall in a box. You're just open it up and you're set for the season. Fall in a box. (laughs) These boxes sell out fast, so sign up today to get yours. And what I love that the fall box has is it's customizable. So you guys can go online, choose your favorite things that you want in the box. So you know that you're getting exactly what you want or what you need. You're not just getting a box with things that you're not going to use, which I think is such a plus when you're paying for something um, and you expect it to meet your needs. Do I meet your needs? You always meet my needs. Just not as much as the FabFitFun box does. Boom. The FabFitFun membership, if you sign up, also goes beyond the box itself. They have a forum and a community where you can meet new women and talk about things in life. And they also have FabFitFun TV. So there's lots of other perks. And you also get access to all their other products that are on huge discount that you can check out, which I think is great because... Even though it's only September, Christmas is coming up soon. What are you getting me? <laughs> That's a secret. I don't know. It's not. Even, I haven't thought about that. You guys can get your seasonal subscription box from FabFitFun. It retails at $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. And right now you can use our code MOMMIES for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. That's MOMMIES for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. When was the time that you felt like you started bonding with Emmy? Like really bonding? Like, um, it, like truthfully, like that six month mark for me was like kind of a game changer. I think for moms, and again, I'm maybe this isn't the case for all moms, but you get to bond for you know nine months while that baby's inside of you, and then when he comes out or he sh- or, or she comes out, they they need you, or if you are breastfeeding. There's that bonding as well. And like as men, we don't really have that ramp. You know, it, our, our ramp starts the moment they're out of the womb. Right. We're hormonally designed to bond with our babies, but right. it doesn't always happen. Like sure. there's lots of circumstances I talked about with um, Brooks's birth. It was traumatic enough for me to where I didn't bond, definitely didn't have that feeling right away when he was born. And then it's been kind of like a slow roll for me. Um, feeling the way I guess I just felt immediately with Emerson. Right. So it, it w- women definitely experience it, that too, but I definitely do think it's different for dads. It's kind of... Yeah, I feel like it's slower. Maybe not in all cases, but at least in mine, it's a, it's slower than yours. Is it just when they like start interacting? Yeah. I, I th- so with Emmy, I, I, remember, I remember this moment vividly. Like the first time when I was playing with a little stuffed monkey of hers and she like... Cr- 
actually laughed at the first time and like interacted with me. I was like, oh my God, my baby actually liked something I did. And <laughs> that was like it for me. And then it kind of just kept building and snowballing from there. So I, I think it'll be the same, uh, you know, as soon as Brooks can start like interacting with me more, mm-hmm. um, then I'll start feeling a more bonded B like a better dad. Cause like I have something to contribute maybe too. Like, like right yeah. now I feel like I contribute to Emmy's life. Cause like I can take her out to the park. I can take her to the beach. I can play with her. I can feed her. I can like do everything, you know, um, where I don't feel like I can do that with Brooks. You can change his diapers. I can't, I can't do that, <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't like that either. He screams during that too. So I, like, I want him to like enjoy something I'm doing with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we do do bath time with you, which I feel like that's something I try to set aside for you and our babies. We did that with Emmy too. So it's something that like you have, that's kind of your time. Even if you're not really feeling like it's bonding, it is kind of, um, not like a tradition, but maybe like, I guess a tradition, like something that you guys have together. Yeah. He didn't, he doesn't hate the times we do that. So that, that was like a nice moment. And maybe it has something to do with second kids too. So so maybe like I've built this bond with Emmy over the past two years, and then now a new child is introduced, and that bond is is less than than Emmy's current one. It's the sure. same. It's the same thing as if you have two good friends. One of your friends that you've known since you know kindergarten, and the next one, even though you really like them, right? You just met them recently. You're you're gonna be closer to your old time friend. But you also have to, in order to get closer to that new friend, you have to nurture sure. that relationship. Sure. So you still have to put time and effort into it, even if it feels hard. You know, like as moms, that's what we do. Like we have no choice. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent valid point. It's just it's hard. It's hard to nurture it right when he's Ag- when agreed. he cries. I mean, you, you know, like he's super fussy right now. And yeah. He cries more times than not if I'm holding him. And that's just hard. <laughs> yeah. Which is totally valid. And that's why I was so infuriated. I tried to like play it cool and be like, whatever, these articles are dumb. But they kept coming out with more and more magazines and media outlets, like picking it up and just re-journalizing the same stupid story that was just pulled out of context. And that was one of the ones that was like saying you weren't bonding with your child or whatever. Right. And I, and I am, I'm bonding at my own pace. Yeah. That's the difference. And, and even so, even if you haven't yet, then like that's nothing to be ashamed of or to make somebody feel bad about, or to write an article that's supposed to be clickbait. You know what I mean? Like it should be shared in a way that empowers men and says, Hey, if you're feeling like because you feel all this pressure to be bonding with your kid and you're not yet, it's okay. 100%. What about the other aspect? You hit on this earlier. So inner relationships. So obviously we talked on like dad shaming or mom shaming from like the outside world, you know, just a minute mm-hmm. ago. How about in into relationships? Because we, we talk a lot about... You putting me in the hot seat? Yeah, I want to put you in the hot seat. Let's, let's reverse <laughs> roles here. So okay. give, give me your thoughts on it just as, as from a thousand foot view. No, I mean like as a mother, especially in like the newborn stage where it is very hard. Like you said, I do have a lot of expectations and I think that's just because I'm already overwhelmed and I'm experiencing things at a million miles a minute most of the time. And it's such a steep learning curve for me too. We both have never done this before. We both have never had two kids. 
And so I expect a partner or a teammate. And so sometimes I probably expect a little bit too much out of you without communicating because who has time for communicating when your child's screaming? Right. I a hundred percent feel that, that I feel like you expect me to do things, but I don't know what to do. And I need, I need verbatim instruction. I know. I need, and that's so, and I think a lot of men do, but that's so hard when we're already exhausted and we're like, and now I have to teach you this. Yeah, but we're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I, I physically need you to say, hey, Tanner, do this and right now and do it this way sometimes because I don't have that like nat- natural instinct, I guess. I don't know. I don't know just. And, and then I think that's what I'm guilty of is expecting you to feel and know how I uh, know what I know. And I'm running off of natural biological instincts to take care of a child as the mother where you aren't, you know, and not all women have that natural instinct. You know, some women have it less, but for me, I feel like it's something very innate and I'm just expecting you to be on my level where I need to teach you to bring you up. You probably won't ever be on my level. No, I personally won't. But, but. that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier to catch our listeners up. We went for a walk and we were talking about how lucky we are that Emmy gets to spend a lot of time with both her parents and how we have different sets of assets, I guess, to contribute to her life. Mm-hmm. And you and I are very different. Right. I think and so I should, that you I are should, good at, maybe I'm not, and vice versa. Yeah. So I, I should probably stop expecting you to be a lot more like me. And that's probably what I'm thinking. I'm like, why don't you know this? Hello? You know, like, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm probably passive aggressively shaming you as a dad. Yeah. I mean, I feel... I feel I don't, I don't feel like in a complete negative way, but I, I feel a little shame. I feel like I get side eye from you and that you think you're doing all the work. And yes, I, I feel like you do pull most of the weight, if not like almost all the weight with Brooks. But I feel like my workload with Emmy has intensified. I feel like I do a ton more with Emmy now than I used to, which, which is the way it should be. We're, we are partners. I just feel like I, I gravitate more towards our toddler than our baby because toddlers are so much easier for me. That right. Newborns are... I, I feel like they're a... But I also don't want you to... To just not pay attention to him and only pay attention to him. Yeah, and well, yeah, and then just regret that and be like, holy crap, where did the time go? He's no longer a baby and I don't remember any memories with him. Sure. You know, I just want it to not be that. So I think one of the things that we're enjoying about Emmy right now, Tanner, is how much she's speaking and learning right now. She's just having a vocabulary explosion. Don't you agree? It's so fun. One of the things about Emmy too right now is, I hate to say it, but if you give an iPad to the girl, she loves the iPad. She's obsessed with iPad. I think iPad was like the fifth word she knew. That's not quite the fifth, but she does know that word. Homer makes it a lot easier because Homer is an app that you can download onto a tablet and it helps your child learn to read, learn new vocabulary, and it's actually educational. She does love it. And Emmy has a ton of fun with it. It has all these cute little games where she can learn shapes and letters, and it's all um, according to her learning curve and what she's learning at her developmental stage. And um, it's something that we know that she can use, and it's not... Not brain rotting. 
exactly. Uh, yeah, it's educational. So you, you feel good about letting her have that screen time. Also, Homer, it says, is just 15 minutes a day was shown to increase early reading scores by 74%, which is huge. So I, I don't have any shame in letting my child use a tablet when she's using Homer. No, you can see her brain working and she smiles at the screen and even talks to it and, and plays along. Yeah, because it, it combines your child's passions and interests with their age and ability to create a personalized learn-to-read plan. It's a program that grows with your child as they learn. And one membership is designed for the whole family with up to four customizable profiles. It's educational and engaging content designed by learning experts. The only program that actually teaches children to read step-by-step, step, it's not just for practice. There's hundreds of stories your child will love from classic fairy tales like Little Red Riding Hood to new favorites like Angelina Ballerina. You guys can get a 30-day free trial to start. Just go to learnwithhomer.com slash mommies. That's a 30-day free trial at learningwithhomer.com slash mommies. What is um, your advice for me on, on how to handle you? I just wish you would realize that this transition for me staying home more is, is hard, even though like, you know, most people have it super hard going to work every day, but it, me being home, like just jumping into a stay at home dad role is hard. It, going to work every day was way less stressful, way less crying. And I knew what to do at work. I don't know what to do here. I'm, I'm learning as I go. I'm watching you. I'm figuring it out and it's just really, really hard. I, I like the crying makes me yeah. go crazy. It, so, it, it's really just like the incessant crying. If, if he wasn't like just it. screaming 24 seven, like I can deal with all the other stuff. It's, it's the crying and feeling like I'm not giving him what he needs. So, so that's just, and then I just kind of mentally shut down and so I how, can't do it. Mom has to now. So how could I handle that? Because for me, I'm kind of, this is where I feel like I'm just like tough love, buddy. Like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get in there because it's, this is hard, but you just got to do it. So how do, how do I just not give you that tough love and just be like, sorry, deal with it. <laughs> I'm dealing with it. I don't know, but I, I feel like a lot of the way that you deal with it is you were able to, I mean, you're breastfeeding that's usually how you calm him down. Like you breastfeed him for a little bit and then he kind of resets. I can't do that. And I, I mean, we could talk in circles about that all day, but well, I, yeah, I, I but feel what like if I, I'm just saying, so what if I'm like, well, I'm busy with doing this or I need a break. Just wear him in the wrap. Mm -hmm. That's, I can say it like that. Yeah. And that's not offensive. No, no. You, I, but what if, if you don't if, want to, what if you're like, I'll, I will step up in those situations. And I think most, I'm holding you to I'm, that. Most partners will. But I need you to tell me what you need. The worst part for me is when the baby's being fussy and like I can feel like you need you like want me to do something and you're getting aggravated with me because for not doing it. But I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like that that's the worst case scenario for me. When I know things are hard and I don't know how to help. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm getting heat from you while listening to a screaming baby, and that just makes my stress go off. So so and like, I just need, if you need something from me, I need you to say, Tanner, do this and do it now. Like we'll follow instructions pretty well. See, that's where I'm guilty. Cause I'm literally stewing in my head, just being like expecting you to know what to do. Like, why aren't you just grabbing the wrap and putting him in a wrap? Why aren't you just bringing him over to me so I can breastfeed or why, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just thinking all these things, like you should just know what to do. But I guess that's something that we need to clarify 
with men. Yeah. Well, and maybe not all men. Maybe there's probably some relationships out there where the guy absolutely thinks like knows all these little steps, and the mom might not. Regardless of gender, it's if if there is a partner who is more in tune with what the baby needs and just instinctive on That's what Evan. to do. Yeah, yeah, and maybe the mom or the dad, wh- whoever the other the partner doesn't doesn't know what to do, or they, or they stress out a little bit more and just feel like they're incapable. Maybe the the partner that is more instinctive just needs to give clear instruction. At least, at least that would help me. Maybe not everybody, but it would for me for sure. So we use new chapter vitamins in our house did you know that the multivitamin that i feed you is from new chapter tanner i just take whatever you give me (laughs) it's true i have to keep up on tanner's supplements because if i don't he won't take them and i'm trying to keep him around for a while you guys new chapter has tons of benefits to their prenatal multivitamins i actually take their postnatal multivitamin right now i did take their prenatal and what i love about it it's the perfect prenatal for women because it's targeted nutrients for a healthy pregnancy and fetal development and it is fermented for better nutrient absorption it's fermented with beneficial probiotics and whole foods to make it easily digestible and so gentle you can take it at any time even on an empty stomach which i think is so important because you never know like what time of day you may remember to take your prenatal. It's made with the finest organic vegetables and herbs, non-GMO project verified, 100% vegetarian, certified gluten-free, and no added sugars or sweeteners, unlike prenatal gummies. You guys can find new chapter at the Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, or your local health food store. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, so I kind of want to go on to another subject because Nick's podcast, man, it was full of all sorts of juicy stories for you. I'm tired of all this clickbait, man. <laughs> you had a good, you had a crazy week. You had the drama with Demi and then immediately. Which, by the way, I met Demi and we like each other now. Yeah, it's, yeah, That's you guys squashed. are cool. Yeah. yeah, squashed. And then. Although I still do stand by what I said, but I do like Demi. So next subject. Which you can. You yeah. can have your opinions yeah. and still like somebody. And then on Nick's podcast, you... Yeah, Nick, Nick asked me about sex after babies, you know, sex as parents and sex life. And I didn't want to just get... And again, I didn't want to give him just some PC answer. I'm always honest. And I talked honestly about how I felt. And of course, People Magazine and a bunch of other rag oh my gosh, tag magazines. Scary Mommy oh, took yeah, the article. Mommy. And then and, you had like 4 million moms after you. Yeah, and they... they that one, they really twisted words around and just made I didn't crazy read it. clickbait and made it seem like I was shaming you in for sex weeks after the baby, which isn't the case at all. We've waited six plus weeks. It was a sixth week. So this is my sixth. Brooks is six weeks. And so yeah. Tanner and I had sex. <laughs> Once. Yeah. But so it happened. He didn't. He didn't guilt me right. or whatever the articles yeah. were saying. I never Shame even tried. Me. I, I just like with Emmy, we waited six weeks and yeah. this is how it is. But I tried to have an honest conversation again, again, not trying to shame Jade or put Jade down or make, make it sound like you were like a dog. Right. Because, but I was just talking about from my feelings and my feelings alone, what it was like for me. And I did, and I did talk openly and honestly about how I feel parenthood and babies have changed our sex life. And it has changed things. I mean, you'd, you'd have to agree with that. For yeah. Sure. And all the things that you said are things that we talk about and have already been communicated 
over and over in our relationship. Like it's no, it's not news to me that you have felt on the back burner. You know, these are things that are a part of our relationship and every relationship has its issues or struggles or challenges, whatever you want to call them. And that's something that we've been experiencing. But I also think that that's something that a lot of couples go through. And I feel like that's kind of, again, like why you were being honest. Yeah, I think it's healthy to talk about. I think if there are relationships and if there is an issue in a relationship, it's good to talk about it. It's if one person wants it and one person doesn't, you should communicate. If if you just sweep it under the rug, it's going to become a bigger and bigger problem. I'm not saying that one person needs to give in to the other's needs, but you should communicate and hopefully compromise in some way and find a way that's healthy for your relationship. And that's all I was trying to talk about on that on that topic. Well, it's true. Our sex life has suffered because of babies or sure. because of... And rightfully so. You're exhausted. We right. have kids around all the time. There's a zillion factors that go into it. Tanner and I are almost finished with decorating our house. The last thing that we really need is a bunch of pictures in the house, which Tanner will only allow if they're black and white. I think it's more artsy. <laughs> he likes it because, it, yeah, it's a little artsy. It's, maybe you think it's more classy. Yeah, it doesn't clash with your other decor in the house. I don't know. I'm weird. Whatever We can get whatever you want, really. <laughs> but the one thing that we don't argue about is getting all of our photos printed at FrameBridge. Here's how FrameBridge works. It's an amazing new service that is super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to travel photos sitting on your phone. Just go to framebridge.com, upload your photo, or they'll send you your packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. You preview your items online in any frame style, choose your favorite, and get free recommendations from their talented designers. The expert team at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door ready to hang, which I know Tanner loves. He doesn't like doing any of the like brunt work, right? I'm not handy, no. Just like, send it to me, all finished, we'll put it on the wall, boom. Boom. Instead of hundreds of dollars you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code MOMMIES. I'm thinking about getting my selfie collection framed and creating a shrine of myself. Well, if you go use our code MOMMIES, you get 15% off. Oh, okay, perfect. (laughs) You guys go check that out at framebridge.com. Zero part of me thinks negatively towards you for it. It's just something that I want to work on to make sure that we don't just completely forget about. I I don't want to become one of those couples that, you know, has sex twice a year and, right. you know, and then it becomes just kind of a animosity deal. So that, that is why I talk with you about it privately. And that's why I've, when Nick asked me, I spoke honestly. Yeah. And then somehow it got twisted into where supposedly you had said that you were pressuring me to have sex postpartum or, and I'm like four weeks postpartum at this point. And all these articles came out saying like Tanner Tolbert is trying to shaming wife for not having sex with him right after having babies or having a baby. And then all these articles were all these people started writing comments and like shaming you being like, what a dog. Right. Just off the headline. She's just healing. Leave her alone. And it was nothing like that. If if you listen to Nick's podcast, you would know what I said was in no way disrespectful. I was talking about our sex life when it was just Emmy life after one child 
how it had been the last you know couple of years. And then currently saying, and then also well, now saying, we're four weeks we're now postpartum. We're four weeks postpartum. Internally knowing that I'm, we're waiting six plus weeks, like yeah. our doctor's orders, but then the, the the people and Scary Mommy and all these articles combine both stories and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's which, all a bunch of mess. Which but. I will tell you, though, if you go to my Facebook group and you look at the threads that talk about sex after babies, especially right after postpartum, there are women in who decide to have sex with their husbands at four weeks. It's not uncommon. If that's your choice, you feel like your body is healed, then that's your choice. And so... But regardless of what your choice is in your relationship, it kind of goes back to the to the shaming aspect. Yes. I got so much hate mail. I've never really gotten much hate publicly until this freaking article came out. <laughs> and it was mainly women and moms just completely saying the most rude things to me, acting like... I should just worship my wife hands and knees for pushing out a baby and I should never need sex again. Pr- pretty much was all, what a lot of well, the... Well, you can still worship me. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, I, and I do for other reasons, but I also have, do have needs and it's okay to talk about that. Maybe not all guys need certain things, but I want to have a healthy sex life. I think that's an important part of a marriage and it's something I want to work on and make sure we don't fall into a rut. I shouldn't be shamed for communicating that. Right. Well, above all, we do have children together, but we're husband and wife, and part of a relationship, you hope, is a healthy, intimate sex life. That's intimacy. That's um, that's how you feel close to your partner. And I do think that even though sometimes we're not the greatest, or I'm not the greatest, uh, keeping up with probably your needs, when we do have sex or make love, whatever you want to call it, it does bring us closer and it makes me feel closer to you. So it's something that. Yeah. You have to work on because it's not yeah, always going to be easy, especially it, when, you know, after when kids are young and life is hard and you're pulling, you're getting pulled in a zillion different directions. It's going to be hard, but I just, I think it's important to make sure that you still put each other as a priority, maybe not as high a priority as your kids. I, th- I think your kids should be, but you still need to be a priority. And yeah. I, I think as partners, whether you're, whether you're the person with the higher sex drive, lower sex drive, whatever the case is, you have to communicate and listen to each other. And for me, I don't care necessarily how often we do it. You just want to feel desired. I want to feel desired. Yeah. You know, I'm not 70 year old man dried <laughs> up and crusty. I, I still want to feel wanted and I want like you to initiate, maybe make the first move occasionally. I, I think if you did that once in a while, it would go a really long way for me. Because it would make me feel wanted by you. Right. Because I, I feel like I do a pretty good job of making you feel wanted. Maybe to the point of annoyance sometimes. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just, I need that still. So it's not a quantity thing. It's not a certain number of times a week or a month or whatever. It's just, I want to feel that little bit of passion. And I want to feel like you're my wife, not just the mother of my children. Yeah. And I think that's what you were trying to say on Nick's podcast. That's what I did say. Yeah. Yeah. Articles just blew out of proportion and then people dad shamed me, <laughs> which is crazy. I even had somebody who follows me from New Zealand send me an article and they're like, this is in New Zealand. And it was in some magazine all the way across the world. Yeah. But either way, I mean, I don't regret it. I was honest about how I feel. Again, I think most of the people that did shame me for that are probably people that have had issues in their own relationships about that topic. That's why they felt so heated. Oh, well, uh, because I feel like it's a very real thing. I feel like this is something that 
most couples go through at one point or another in their relationship. Right. So I feel like maybe those people were very triggered, but it shows you how common it is for that many people yeah. to be triggered. I'm sure. Plenty, plenty of the listeners on this podcast have gone through something similar. Yeah. Um, you know, as you know, w- women, after they give birth, they're going, their body is going through so many hormonal changes. Well, guess what? The husband, nothing's changed over here. Like <laughs> I'm still the same exact person scientifically as I was before. Right. There's just a kid, you know, in, in our, in our lives now. It's a, it's a tough balance between my needs and still trying to respect your, your needs too. You know, mm-hmm. I've read articles that men can experience postpartum depression too, though. In what way? Uh, I mean, just the anxiety of everything just all the changes and I know this I know you're talking just like you're biologically like physically sexually not changed where a woman goes through her body's literally chemically changing but it is a common it's not common but it is (laughs) something that men can experience Yeah, and again I don't feel like I'm experiencing that to the point of depression necessarily No, but but you definitely get anxiety it's yeah, just from strictly the the crying. It, yeah, I, I feel like I need to walk around with earplugs. And you're very you're very reactive. Yeah, it sets me off. It makes my brain go crazy. Or if I'm uh, if I'm experiencing anxiety, you pick up my anxiety. Oh, one hundred percent. Because then if if I already feel like I can't help the the crying child, and then my wife is freaking out too, and I don't know how to help her. And it's like double. It's just a feeling incapable thing. Yeah. I wish I just had the magic answer to say, hey, do this and quit crying. It'll be fine. But I don't. (laughs) What grace do you think dads need in this postpartum, which is called the fourth trimester? I don't know if you know that, but the three months after a baby is born is considered the fourth trimester. So what grace do you think dads need? Like what's the hardest for you? That, that adjustment period is, is the hardest. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not really going through much those first three trimesters that the mom is, but that, that fourth trimester is so much change is being thrown in into a short period of time, and it feels like it hits you like a ton of bricks. Um, your, your world is turned upside down a little bit, and I feel like I'm constantly trying to like appease child and mom, and I feel like both of them are mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> And I just don't know what to do. You do personify that. You make, you like put that on Brooks. You're like, he hates me. Well, when he, when I hold him and he cries the entire time, that's how I feel. Like, yeah. Like it's just your when way. When I'm with of- Emmy and like at her age and she, everything I do is funny. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so cool. Like I, that's, a, that's fun being a dad. And then. When a newborn comes along and I hold him for 30 minutes and he cries for 29 of them, it's like, oh my God, that wasn't so fun. Yeah. What do you feel like you're the most helpful at? I mean, the most helpful for me is like just taking all of the Emmy load off of you. I know that doesn't necessarily correlate to Brooks. Um, it's just trying to handle those responsibilities. I also feel like I've done more chore type stuff around the house as far as like dishes picking up after you and trying not to harp on you is that on on those items as much just because I know your hands are so full with the newborn. I feel like I try to divvy up the responsibilities to the best of our capabilities. Yeah. Which is really helpful. You also, I'll, I'll give you 
credit, even though I may roll my eyes at you, is you have been very encouraging to me in my body because obviously everything's changing and I'm not really feeling great about my love handles and all the jiggliness still on my stomach and my skin changing and my hair changing and but you've been very like kind in that way even though I think you're being genuine about it but it's nice to hear like you're still like giving me those words of affirmation yeah and I love you more every day and I think you're sexier now than ever even if your body might be a little different everything you do and everything you've gone through and the strength you have is sexy too so even if it takes a little a few months or however long to try to get to the point to where you're happy I think you're sexy physically and then even more emotionally well that's very nice to hear (laughs) I like to hear that you think that I'm strong because and we haven't had sex in six weeks and I'm probably just really horny that's true well that I know (laughs) (laughs) I know you were counting down that clock but it's nice because I like one of my insecurities is I feel like people think I'm weak or I think I'm weak and so it's nice to hear that you think I'm strong mm-hmm. because I, I know that the, that's a lie I tell myself and I know that deep down I am strong, but sometimes that's hard for me to dig up. So it's nice to hear that. So I reached out and asked a couple of questions to our listeners and somebody wants to know as a, as a partner, how can we help our husbands or our partners feel loved even through the craziness of the fourth trimester? Help me feel loved. For me, it's making me a priority, even if it's only for a 10-minute window. I know that I shouldn't be the priority our kids should be for, you know, 23 hours of the day. Or even the mom. Right, right. (laughs) But I just want to feel like if there is that moment, let's say that there's an hour of peace, and even if we both just want to lay there quietly by ourselves, like if you can take five, 10 minutes and like make me the priority, whether it's just coming over and being sweet to me or like rubbing my head or like doing something for me or if you are in the mood like making the first move just if, if you can show me just an occasional moment where I'm number one again it would go a long way yeah and we on one of our other podcasts talked about our love languages and even though you were quality time like I was you do love affection so I mm-hmm. think for you it's definitely affection where maybe for other people it might be just words of affirmation or like you said, maybe just setting aside time and letting go of that anxiety. I think for me, I'm always turning and going. And if I let that wall down, then I feel like something bad's going to happen and I'm not going to catch it because I'm not on guard. Right. So it's hard for me sometimes to relax and be present with you. Yeah, I would agree with that. I have another listener question for you, Tanner. How can I ask my husband for more help without seeming like I'm ungrateful for what he does? We're simple creatures, like I said earlier in this. I think do the old like compliment sandwich. If you need something, maybe say, or if I'm doing something wrong or whatever the case is, if you need me to improve in an area, maybe lead it with, hey, thank you so much. I noticed you helping do this. I really appreciate that. Can I give you one piece of advice? And just be direct at that point. Just tell me exactly how I need like, to I do it. Like, I need this. Or if I'm doing something wrong, tell me exactly how I'm doing it wrong and show me how to do it right. And then I'll just do it from then on. 
don't think we're mind readers because we're the worst at it. And I, I think if you're just very direct and just say, hey, I need you to do this, I, more times than not, we'll come through. Okay, this is kind of a different topic than the postpartum stuff, but what are you most excited for when Brooks is Emmy's age? Oh, I cannot wait. I'm, I look forward to every day. Because I, I feel like in the last few months especially, Emmy's really turned a corner and she's so fun. And I just am really looking forward to like when Emmy's four and then Brooks is two. And they both like to like go to the beach or play at the park or run around the house and play games and laugh and giggle. Like I think as a dad, especially with a son, I've always dreamed of playing games with him and teaching him how to do things and you know play sports with him and, or, or whatever, showing him how to do anything for that matter. When, when he can start trying to mimic you and you can kind of mold your little mini-me, you know, make your son your son, and I, that's just going to be the moment that is so cool. And I feel like any bonding issues I'm having now will have completely erased and we'll be on the exact same page as Emmy and, and I am now, and it'll just be, it'll be great. And again, I know there's hard times too, but as a dad, at least for me, the terrible twos are a hell of a lot better than the crazy first few months the newborn stage yeah for sure i mean it so i'm just looking forward to that because i i know how fun emmy is for me right now and i've i really feel like i'm starting to being i'm I'm able to start being a good dad because i feel it capable with emmy and i'm just looking forward to feeling capable with brooks you'll have a little buddy yep yeah that's cute and then this is the last question i'm going to ask you but what advice do you have for dads during labor and delivery? Man, honestly, labor and delivery was like easy for me because I felt like I just needed to be there for you. And I took all of my own emotion, at least left the room. I was just trying to like do whatever you needed. So I would say, listen to your wife, listen to if you have a doctor or a midwife and just be a good soldier. And if they say, come down and do this, do it. If they say, go up there and do that, do that. And just be there for them and really just soak it all in too because we have it easy. I mean, the mom is going <laughs> through all the pain and all the work and that moment when you first see your child and hopefully they're okay too, you know, that moment you realize that everything is good and they're healthy, it's such an exciting moment, a relief moment and a great, great feeling. And you see the mom's okay and then it's just, it's just beautiful and just be, be present in the moment. Don't be scared. It's really not that bad. It's Even if you're grossed out by things, it's not a gross thing because it's, it's natural and it's how it's supposed to be. So just don't be scared of it. If, if you want to go down below the curtain, go below the curtain. I did both times and it's really not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I watch Instagram stories all day of babies being born because I love it, but... It yeah, I wouldn't watch it on Instagram, but I, I watched <laughs> our own, and I was down there. I caught the baby. It, you can do it. Which is kind of weird for me if I think about it, that like you saw what it looked like down there because things don't look like that. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, but you don't even view it as 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 that. You view it as like a whole different... Right. You're, you view it as my child is being right. born. Right. Yeah, which so yeah, is cool. Yeah, don't be scared. Be present. Enjoy it. It goes quick. Good advice. Thank you for coming on, Tanner, and sharing more, even though you were just on the podcast, but it's always fun to have you on here. I have fun with you, and thank you for always being real and honest, and I love you for that, and you're doing some good work with it, just like how we're trying to take this podcast and help women 
I think you're helping women and you're helping dads out there too. So. Oh, thanks. Love, yeah. Love you too, boo. I love you and thank you. Bye everyone. Bye guys. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.